friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. You guys have an absolutely fantastic, blessed day, as always, and continuing to stay healthy and strong, as I'm sure you always are. Be sure, if you need anything, check out the website at healthmasters.com. Lots of different things on sale right now, including the product of the week. You voted it won the vitamin C with antioxidants. Incredibly good formula on sale right now for over 10% off on the front page, so be sure to check it out. And I wanted to touch base on one of the first articles I saw this morning. Dad had sent it to me, and I'd watched the video and a lot of stuff. And it was very uh, sad turn of events, and I personally think a lot of it could have been prevented. It was a situation that occurred over in Utah, if you guys saw this a couple of days ago. A 25-year-old kid, I should call him, male, and uh, he got pulled over. If you guys have seen the video, now, it's in Salt Lake City, Utah. And uh, he got pulled over for having unregistered plates. Expired unregistered plates. And he's like in a three series BMW. And uh, he gets pulled over. And law enforcement, you know, proceeds to execute the traffic stop. And they walk up to the window, and the kid rolls the window down about two inches. And he starts on the whole sovereign citizen thing. And granted, I don't want a bunch of emails on it. I totally get the whole concept, the construct, the aspect of sovereign citizens. I get that 100%. But Law enforcement was actually very polite at the very beginning phase and asked him, is anybody else in the vehicle? The kid said, I'm not going to respond to any questions. Officer says, can you roll down your windows? Your windows are like 5% tent. They're blacked out. Kids, I'm not rolling down anything. I don't have to answer any questions. I'm a sovereign citizen. I don't, I'm not doing anything illegal. I don't have to answer anything. The issue with this situation right off the rip is I don't care what your stance is on being a sovereign citizen or what. When you're dealing with law enforcement, and I have had extensive relations with law enforcement, I have trained with law enforcement, I have done extensive training with law enforcement. When you execute a traffic stop like this because tags unregistered, it doesn't really matter if you think you're a sovereign citizen or whatever your context is behind it. Law enforcement is executing the traffic stop to the best of their ability, and they're trying to make sure everybody stays as safe as possible in most cases, and they want to go home as well. And when you start saying stuff like, I'm not going to roll down the windows, and you got 5% window tint on your back windows, you're already setting up a cascading series of events that might likely occur in the situation. And it was sad. This kid continues to be belligerent. Law enforcement continues to get more aggressive. He finally hands law enforcement his passport, and then as he hands it to them, he says, but that's not me. That's just a plastic identity of me. And the officer goes, so it's just a fraudulent passport? And the kid goes, well, I don't have to answer that. Come on, kid. Like you're just – you're literally setting yourself up. So the guy reaches in. The officer reaches in. He goes, you need to step out of the vehicle now. We need to talk to you. kid goes, I'm not getting out. He goes, you need to get out of the vehicle now. Now you're being detained. You're going to be under arrest now. We've got to talk to you. Now you're handing me passports and saying this is a fraudulent passport essentially. He goes to unlock the door. He sticks his hand in the window, unlocks the door, opens the door. Here's the situation. The kid would not roll down the other windows at the beginning of the traffic stop. So when backup arrived, they were on the outside of the vehicle on the passenger side. All the windows were up with dark window tint. The officer who is opening the door and is proceeding to pull the kid out of the car calls for a gun. There's a firearm that was essentially tucked right beside the vehicle's uh, driver's seat in the center console. He calls for a gun. Officers on the passenger side of the vehicle unleash gunfire, and everybody starts shooting. Kill the kid. Dozens of rounds shot inside the vehicle. The horrific incident. Tragedy 
with no no reason. It was a, it was an absolutely useless death. Now the family has to deal with their son being essentially executed. Law enforcement has to deal with that on their hands now, and the entire situation could have been averted. And I think law enforcement was acting a bit out of line with some of the stuff they did, but also the kid was essentially escalating the situation beyond what it should have been done. I have said this before. I don't care who you think you are. If you get pulled over, be respectful, be polite. And if you got illegal window tint, and I'm just throwing this out there. I live in Florida. If you have a legal dark window tint, just out of respect to everybody, roll the windows down. There's no reason at all to sit there and get in an argument with a crack in your window with 5% window tint. So the officers have no idea if there's somebody sitting in the back seat with a Tech 9 machine pistol sitting behind the glass waiting to unload as soon as something happens. Just be respectful, and this whole situation could have definitely been probably mitigated with nothing more than probably a ticket. And then on the other hand, too, law enforcement, you know, going off the trigger like that, but you hear gun get called, you have window tint, you can't see behind. It was stupid, it was useless, and it was one of those situations. It's an absolute sad situation, but again, why I'm bringing it up, is to encourage people, use your brain when you get pulled over. They, cops want to go home too. You want to go home as well. Nobody wants to get in a gunfight in most cases. <laughs> and so just be respectful, and I get the whole sovereign citizen thing, but on the other hand too, don't be don't, – don't act like that. Don't be cracking your window down, pretending like you got something to hide, not wanting to roll your windows down with blackout limo tent, telling people that's not you on the passport because it's a plastic identity of you. You're setting yourself up for a situation like this, and it could have been easily prevented. Now you got to deal with the consequences with this. So I wanted to bring that up and just kind of give people my personal opinion. I'm not giving you legal advice. I'm just telling you my opinion yep. in situations <clears throat> like that. Be respectful. What do you think, Dad? <laughs> All right. Okay. Number one, Austin said it perfectly. It was a useless death. Useless. Okay? Sad. Yeah. It's sad. Useless death. I mean, if you're going to go out, you know, your boots on. You know, and, you know, do it defending your family. Do it, whatever, you know, yeah. doing it, you know, but don't do it like that. Uh, years ago, Austin and I were driving around a little sports car on a Sunday afternoon, and uh, he was driving, and he was, well, he was, let me say it this way. The speed limit was one thing. We were doing something else, but I don't recall what we were doing. I was going to mention that. And, uh, and so we, uh, that's, that's about as innocuous as I can make that statement. In other yep. words, yeah, we, we came across the hill, and Austin, there were two state troopers there. And they had basically pulled two cars, and Austin tapped the brakes, barked the tires on the on the little sports car, and we ended up basically going by them really fast in a four lane highway. They were on the other side giving tickets, and I said to him, I said, uh, "Just get ready, uh, they'll be here in a minute." <laughs> he looked at me and laughed and said, uh, "What do you mean?" I said, "Oh, they're gonna let those guys go, and they're gonna come after the little black sports car." And he goes, "Oh, really?" I said, "Oh, yeah, they'll be here in a minute." And so we. Uh, but went about a mile down the road. They completely lost sight of us, and uh, and we parked under an overpass in the shade. It was summertime, and we rolled all the windows down. Okay, we rolled all the windows down. We had all the paperwork ready to go, and here they both come. And uh, of course, they there really wasn't a whole lot they could do because they had lost sight of us. Uh, they didn't have the radar units on because they were outside of their vehicles, and so we were just going to be really respectful. And so the uh, cop comes running up to the car and goes, "What the heck are you guys doing?" And uh, we said we're you know, doing a Sunday afternoon ride, and I said, by the way, I'll remember, all the windows are down. Your hands are where they can be seen. And the first thing we said to him was, we have paperwork in the car. We both have concealed weapons permits. We're both carrying guns. 
He goes, oh, we'll leave the guns where they are. I said, don't worry. Just letting you guys know that. Windows are down. Here's my registration. Here's my driver's license. Austin had his driver's license up. He goes, he goes, well, he goes, what, what, what do you, you know, you guys are, you know, driving too fast. And I'm like, well, you know, we don't recall our speed, but, you know, because we really didn't really know what it was, honestly. And there's no point in giving them some speed that you may or may not be right on anyhow because you don't remember or you, didn't, you weren't looking at your speedometer for that exact second or whatever. And, and so he basically looked at us and just didn't know what to say because we were being super, super nice. And he started asking me all these questions. And I said to him, I said, look, I really can't answer these questions. I said, now, if you want to talk FSU football, you want to come by the house and have a pizza, uh, you know, we talk football. I said, whatever. But yeah, if our attorneys aren't present, we really can't talk to you. And he looked at me kind of funny. He looked at us kind of funny. He goes, all right, I got it. And he goes back to his car. He runs our driver's licenses. He finds out that we aren't, you know, felons that have stolen a little black sports car. And he comes walking back over to us. He gives us our paperwork back. And he goes, guys, slow down. It's Sunday afternoon. Just slow down. And we said, thank you very much, officer. And then he started asking about the car and you know, how fast it would go. And and I said, well, speculatively, this is what road track says, <laughs> whatever we did. And, uh, and so we talked for a few minutes, and he was really, really nice. It didn't escalate. Every single time, which is very rare, by the way, when I basically get pulled over for whatever reason, usually it's because I'm going more than 10 miles an hour with a speed limit or whatever, and I pull over. If I'm in my SUV, I roll all four windows down. I even, If I have a moonroof on that vehicle, I open the moonroof, okay? and, I, and I put my hands on the steering wheel. And I have my paperwork ready to go. And think about it for a second. The cop doesn't want to walk up to your car. You know how dangerous that is? I mean, think about it for a second. Are you really going to want to walk up to somebody's car that you think is doing something illegally? Does that really you know, make you happy to do that? Especially if it's nighttime. Especially if they have 5% window tint. You don't know what's behind. Like Austin, they have a tech machine gun in the backseat. Years ago, we were climbing Mount LeConte up in North Carolina. And we parked you know, in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. And we were right there you know, at the entrance to Alum K. Bluff's trailhead. And we were talking, and this is back when Black Lives Matter was going berserkoid. And uh, we had this group of black people drive by in the car. And there's a guy in the back seat. They asked me a question about where to park and what this trail was. And I walked up to the car, and there's a guy in the back. And I had the windows down, and there's a guy in the back seat. And he had a big blanket on his, on his lap, and he was holding something under the blanket. Okay. And I immediately thought, he's got a gun. And so I was very respectful for it to them as I backed off and took cover behind another vehicle, and I talked to them from a distance. You don't know what's going to happen when you walk up to a car. Be respectful of the police officer. Now, I know you're dealing with a cop who had no idea what a sovereign citizen was. When he said that birth, that, that passport wasn't him, he, what he was implying was that you know he was an individual entity and the passport was just a big, you know, basic representation of what he might be. And so it's not something he had to produce. And so, But when you say stuff like that to a police officer, he doesn't understand any of these concepts because they probably haven't studied this stuff. They think you're giving them a fraudulent ID. That's what, that's what they hear you say. So they don't get that. Just be nice and walk away. Remember that time I told you that story? I'm at the BMW dealership. I'm in a little fancy white sports car. And, you know, I'm having some ice cream with Harrison. And five police officers walk into the BMW dealership with cars surrounding it and ask who's driving the little fancy white sports car. And uh, I said, I own one of those, but that's being washed. And I immediately was handcuffed and thrown into the back of the squad car with a loaded Kimber in my pocket, with the hammer back, with the safety on, with it chambered. And I'm sitting in the car going, this is bad. I'm in a squad car, handcuffed. The only time my entire life has ever happened to me. 
and all these things, all this stuff was dismissed. It was all there were no charges ever, you know, never, never. But so it was all things was dismissed. But I had to go through it. And but by the grace of God, I was at the BMW dealership, surrounded by cameras. And finally, I told the guy who I finally realized that my Kimber was still in my pocket. I told the guy who was standing beside the car, "You know, can you please get the gun out of my pocket?" What? You've got a gun? And he says, "Why didn't you tell me?" I said, "I just did. It's got to come out. This is ridiculous. It's dangerous. It's dangerous for everybody." And uh, it was a mess. Three out of the five people involved were terminated. Just thought I'd mention that. And, uh, and, and you know, so this thing was a mess. It was a complete and total bogus deal that did me that day. But I did not escalate it. I did not escalate it. I let it. I let it play itself out because I knew I hadn't done anything wrong, and I knew these guys were going to get in trouble for what they were doing. And I, I told them that when they basically, uh, you know, gave me my license back or my, my concealed weapons permit back, and they, I, said, I said, "This is not going to stop here. This is going to be a mess now for all of you guys." I signed everybody's names and badge numbers. Of course, they refused to give them to me. <laughs> it didn't make any difference. It was all in the report. But the point was this. I was respectful. I was respectful about all of that situation because, I mean, think about it for a second. I've got a loaded gun in my pants pocket, and I'm in the back of a squad car because nobody bothered to pat me down. And how unbelievably negligent these police officers were. They wanted this thing. This is a tar baby. They wanted the thing going away. They, they, didn't want to, they went to internal affairs twice, and they said, well, we don't know who in the world – you know, put Dr. Brower in handcuffs and threw him in the back of the car. We don't know how that even happened. <laughs> that was their testimony. And so, I mean, nobody would admit to doing anything because they knew they were in a mess. And like I said, three out of five of them got terminated. But the problem is this. That could have turned into a giant brouhaha with a pistol in my pocket. Think through yourself, guys, and find out what in the world. Just be nice and realize these guys want to go home too. Yeah, and there are some cops out there that are really, really nice. They're, they really are. They don't want to be there any more than you want to be there. They just want to try to get through the day and stay alive. And you know that's why they wear vests all the time, which I don't blame them for that. And, and the reality is, is that they just want to get home and be with their family. They don't want to, you know, be killed in the line of duty either. So don't give them a reason to provoke you or you to provoke them, and for them to basically escalate the situation because they're all carrying guns. This kid's 25 years old. He's in law school. He's got a mouth on him. He thinks he's a sovereign citizen, which he actually is. But the reality is they don't know what he's talking about. So he's going to escalate something that ends up in his death and the tragedy to his family and everything else. Don't allow yourself to be victimized like that. Just play the game. Ask for your attorney. That's all he had to do. Uh, I need to have my attorney present. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say anything else. And he, he may or may not even have had a driver's license. But don't escalate stuff like that and keep the windows rolled down, for heaven's sakes. Also, what do you think? But let's finish the story. What, what, do you, what else do you want to say about this? <laughs> no, you, you're 100%. I can't reiterate that any further is the fact that you got to roll the windows down. I mean, I mean that sincerely because I've had so many friends in law enforcement, and that's one of the biggest spooks that you run into doing a traffic stop is walking up to a vehicle with blacked-out window tint, and nobody wants to roll into the windows down. They want to crack the window. I just mean that sincerely. There's, I don't care who you are, what your viewpoint on it is. You're initiating a traffic stop. You have no idea. I've seen videos, body cam footage, stories, heard it, seen it all the time where somebody executes a traffic stop in law enforcement, and all of a sudden a pistol comes out the window or a shotgun comes out the back window. There's a video that just came out down in Miami-Dade County about a month ago, if you guys saw it, where two officers did a traffic stop down there. And all of a sudden, they tell the driver he needs to get out of the vehicle. They didn't even know anybody was in the back seat because the windows were so darkened up. All of a sudden, they asked the driver to get out of the driver's seat. Two Haitians jump out of the back seat with machine guns. Machine guns, not pistols, machine guns. Fully automatic M4 machine guns. They end up in this massive gunfight on body cam. You can look it up. It's Miami-Dade County. 
I mean, just spraying rounds everywhere. Multiple officers shot. They end up getting killed. It was a fiasco. You don't ever know what you're exactly getting involved in in a traffic stop, so just be respectful. And again, the situation was it was useless. It was sad and it was useless to say it that. And now the family, the law enforcement, they all got to deal with it. And there was really no no purpose to this whatsoever. Also, to another news, I want to bring this up. DeSantis again now, and I'm really glad he is getting extremely vocal about these school books that are in the schools all across the state of Florida and removing them because they essentially have graphic pornography and they're being directed towards 8, 9, 10, 12-year-olds. Ron DeSantis runs video to debunk the book ban hoax, which, of course, that's immediately what the left has said. As soon as he brought up this, they said, this is Gestapo book burning. You're equivalent to the Nazis. You're burning books and you're taking them out of the school. The elementary school kids can't read these books now. And he puts up a lot of stuff in these videos, some of which they can't even show, disturbing videos, and, uh, I mean, everything, graphic. I'm not even going to get into it on the show. You can look it up all you want. I'm talking graphic, graphic sexual acts in these books that are designed for single-age children. That's what they direct him towards, and DeSantis said, no more. We're done, and this is why he's encouraged parents to get involved and actually go in and pull these books out. And speaking about the claims that he's banning books, he said this is a complete hoax. This is a complete and total nasty hoax because it's a hoax in service of trying to pollute and sexualize our children. But when you're talking about 10, 11, 12, 13-year-olds to see some of the stuff in here, I think most parents would say absolutely not, and he is 100% accurate. So I'm glad he's getting this out there, and he's been making very, very big mainstream media with it down here in Florida. They, I mean, there's it's gotten a lot of publicity, a lot of flack, and for good reason because as far as good reason publicity, this is sick. When in the world have we ever sat around and tried to justify grown adults – producing pornography for underage children and suddenly say it's 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 good for them it's normal you saw the video with project veritas now i'm sure the with the uh the superintendent up in new york and a lot of people have seen that video now where he's bragging bragging about going in and basically sexualizing children and promoting his sexual identity his sexual beliefs to these children because i'm trying to make a connection with them he says it. he watched the video he's total, total pervert just complete little pervert. He says we got to do everything very covert because so, a lot of parents don't like this. So we have to make sure our agenda continues to progress. He goes because I don't want everything that I've done to be for naught later on in the future. So I've been doing this for 30 years. He's bragging about it, bragging about it on undercover footage. He doesn't know he's being recorded, talking about how he's literally grooming children and promoting this unbelievably perverted pedophilia ideology. But again, this is what they're going for, right? Once you start realizing where they're trying to go with this and why they're trying to pollute the young generation, there's yesterday I saw the video. I don't I thought it was a joke when I saw it. I really did. I thought this was like some skit joke that they were just making fun of trannies. And it wasn't. It was a real video. Yesterday was International Women's Day. You know, to all the women out there who have given birth to children, who've been moms, who've been wives, who've been sisters, who've been daughters, International Women's Day. We absolutely respect you and everything you've done and you continue to do. And the White House administration, how they celebrate this? They went and nominated Alba Ruda, 
who's a grown man with male genitalia as a grown man who pretends he's a woman. They nominated him Woman of the Year on International Women's Day. I, I, I don't. It's I, I don't. I, I could. I don't even know how much further to go in this article. You can look it up. If I talk about it any further, I'm probably going to get irate. So I'm going to just digress from this because it's absolutely ludicrous the fact that I even have to cover this story. But it shows you again what they're talking about. And I saw the article two days ago that I wanted to bring up from swimmer Riley Gaines. And you know, I, I this girl. I, I give her credit. This is exactly what I talked about months ago when this whole thing came about with the gay boy transgender Leah Thomas, which, by the way, he's a grown man, was a complete failure in the men's swimming league for three years, decided his last year he was going to swim with females because he was now a female. And he's six foot four male, grown man. And ironically enough, he is dating another transgender male. So I, they're just. They're two gay dudes that pretend they're women. I don't. I, I really don't know where this goes any further. I'm just going <laughs> to leave it there. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm just going. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, but Leah, I mean, it, this whole thing with this dude uh, and Riley Gaines, she came out and she said, "I'm speaking about this now." This is her quote because I was that person who was looking for someone else to look up to for hope and encouragement when I was on the verge of speaking out. Listen to this girl. This is Riley Gaines. Twelve time NCAA All-American swimmer for the University of Kentucky. This girl's got a badge on her. She knows how to train. She knows how to swim. She's an athlete. She said, when we were seeing this, it kind of hit me. If we as women are not willing to stick up for ourselves, how can we expect someone else to do so? And she refers to the entire incident with Leah Thomas, the grown man who spent the first three years as a college swimmer at the University of Pennsylvania and then came back his final years a female swimmer and broke all the swimming records in the female league, of course. During the year Thomas was swimming, no one heard from the other female swimmers about how they felt about a man joining the competition, locker rooms, and war podiums. She goes on to say, I, Riley Gaines says, I thought surely there would be someone, a coach, a swimmer, someone in the NCAA, someone who would stick up for us. She goes, Nobody said a word. That's when I realized it was a duty as a female athlete who experienced this injustice to use my voice and my platform to advocate for these female athletes who are being emotionally blackmailed and gaslit in the silence. But the most traumatic part was Thomas joining the female swimmers in the women's locker room. The women didn't want a grown man in there, but they were too scared to speak out. Gaines said it took all the women by storm when a complete distraction came in. A grown six foot four tall man got completely naked in the locker room with them and was staring at them while they were changing. She said, You don't understand how violating that feels when you're in the women's locker room getting ready for a competition. She goes, All of us didn't know what to do. You have someone with male genitalia pulling his pants down, watching you undress. It completely throws you off. She went on further to say, it's not just sports. This happened in our education system, our prisons, our locker rooms, our changing spaces for women everywhere. Gaines actually tied with the grown man that wanted to be the clown, Thomas, in a 200 freestyle race. However, she went on to say, there was only one trophy. The NCAA official informed Gaines the trophy was going to be given to Thomas simply because they wanted Thomas to be holding the trophy and all the photos – they wanted the grown man to be holding the trophy and all the photos competing against the women for a photo op. If you don't 
think this concerted effort to completely and totally demoralize and confuse the younger generation, I don't know what you do explaining NCAA with that. She went on to say, but when the NCAA released its full list and I see Leah Thomas was then nominated for Woman of the Year, she goes, it devalued everything for me. She goes, it was a complete slap in my face. This is looking at them and telling you, you don't matter. You didn't do anything. You mean nothing. They're simply there to make sure this biological man gets this award and gets validation from them to push their agenda by glamorizing transgenderism and pushing their gender ideology. How did our elected leaders let this happen? Regardless of where they fall in the political spectrum of what mother, what father wants their little daughter or son to be in a school where they're confused at the age of six years old in kindergarten about the identity. They're being taught their sexuality, and they don't even know their ABCs. We're living in a godless society now, and this cannot continue. Whoa! This girl came out unhinged, and I give her a standing ovation for this because remember what I told you all when this started to happen. I said – these girls, you have to encourage them. They've got to start standing up for this because obviously nobody else is standing up for them. The NCAA is not standing up for them. Their coaches, their school, nobody is standing up for these girls. And if they want to make it happen, sadly, at this point in time in our lives now, they've got to be vocal. So I give this girl an extremely big recommendation. I'm really glad to see Riley Gaines is getting so vocal about this and continuing to do interviews and drawing attention to this because, quite frankly – any other point in time in society, people would laugh about this and say this is a joke. None of this is obviously happening. However, we obviously see now this isn't a joke. This is really happening. And the fact that you have the administration awarding a grown man the Woman of the Year Award it, women's, on National Women's Day, they're not only insulting the entire female population. They're insulting the entire country. That's right. They're insulting biology. They're insulting God Almighty because God Almighty has been very clear on this topic in Scripture since the beginning of time, and that is exactly what they're intentionally doing is trying to subvert every single biblical law, moral ethic that we hold true to continue to bring everyone into this realm that this is supposed to be normal. Do not let it be normal. Do not be silent. Get vocal. Do not go quietly into the night. Be like Riley Gaines if you're stuck in the situation. It doesn't matter at that point. Get vocal. Spread the word. Talk about it. Let people know your stance. What do you think, Deb? I, um, you know, this is why we talk about this stuff that nobody else wants to talk about, and nobody wants to address the issue here. The issue is we've got a bunch of Luciferians running the planet. They're all back – go all the way back to the uh, angel wars. That's what this is. That's all this is, all these ancient foreign gods, et cetera. Uh, you know, I know people that have Buddha statues in their homes, and I'm going I'm to meddle for a minute here. You know, they got Buddha statues, they've got Hindu statues, and they claim to be Christians or claim to be Catholics, and they've got these foreign gods all over their house. And you can read in the Old Testament. I haven't pulled that scripture up yet, but this is, this is an abomination to God. He hates it because what you're doing, you're giving this, this God preeminence over you and preeminence over the real true most high God. And the excuse is always, well, they're just decorations for me. They don't really mean anything to me, and they, I don't really worship Buddha. And my response is, they're not decorations to God. They're an abomination to God. So why would you allow this stuff to be in your house? These are these are these are basically, you know, foreign you know foreign images. These are these are other gods. And and I see this stuff, and I just shake my head, and I go, people do this stuff. And I remember years ago, 
you know, we have, we're going to a place called All Saints with the kids. It's like 15 years ago. And I've told you the story. I'm going to give you real brief. And they threw up a happy holiday sign instead of Merry Christmas. It's supposed to be a Christian, you know, high school and elementary school. And uh, I went and talked to the headmaster and said, if you do it again, I'm pulling the kids out. Okay. Well, the next year they did it again. And I from that point on, we homeschooled the kids, which was a great move on our part. But, you know, compromise, compromise, compromise in these Christian schools, et cetera, et cetera. But it was an Episcopal school. So, you know, yeah, whatever. No, 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 no surprise there. But but the reality is, you know, they've already they've already ordained, you know, gay priests, et cetera. But, but the problem with all of this stuff is just a little bit of stuff. That, it's the little foxes that work their way into the vines. You know, I've talked to other people before, you know, and I've witnessed to them about Jesus and they've talked to me about their you know, what they've done in their past or what they're doing in their future. And they talk about how they knew people and who basically were swingers. And they say, well, that, that they want to be in that lifestyle. That's okay with me, but I just want to, I don't want nothing to do with it. All right. You know, and they accepted it. They accepted the fact that they were in that lifestyle, which is, in a, which is basically orgies and that kind of stuff and wife swapping and all the other filthy perverted stuff they do. None of that stuff's okay with me. It's perversion. And, you know, and I'm going to speak out against it all the days of my life. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's okay, whatever. Now, if they're doing it in the privacy of their own home and I don't know about it, well, then I don't know about it. It's in the privacy of their own home. And I still think it's an abomination before God. And I think it's exactly horrible. The diseases and everything else you get. But and it's just it's just a, the perversion of it all. But we've accepted all of this filth into our society now. We've accepted it because we've accepted foreign gods into our society. It's the same thing that Solomon did. And, you know, and this is First Kings chapter 11, 1 through 9. I'm going to read this. King Solomon is supposed to be the richest guy, smartest guy in the world, right? And I'm going to stop here for a second. Let me say something about money for a second. Money doesn't make you better or worse. It makes you more of what you already are. If you're inclined to use drugs, if you get a lot of money, you can become a real drug addict. If you're a, a real drunk and you get a lot of money like Johnny Depp did, you get the best wine and stay drunk all the time on the best wine, which is what he did. And he talks about $1,000, $2,000 bottles of wine. Anyhow, he burnt through his fortune, et cetera, that with bad financial planning, et cetera. And then you can do the same thing with alcohol, same thing with cigarettes. Whatever you are it becomes magnified with money. Money doesn't make you better. It doesn't make you worse. It makes you more of what you already are. If you're inclined to be a giver, you become a philanthropist. If you're inclined to be really nice to people, you become nicer to people. All the, it just makes you more. And, and the th- same thing is true you know, with Solomon. You know, he got all this money, became super rich, but the problem was in his heart he got really confused. And I'm going to read you this. King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides the Pharaoh daughters, the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edomites, the Sidonians, and the Hittites. They were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, do not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after other gods. Like, these people have these Buddha statues. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, okay? and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. He followed Asherah, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Moloch, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David his father had done. You know, on the east hill of Jerusalem, Solomon built a high place, an altar for Shemos, the detestable god of Moab, and Moloch, the detestable god of the Ammonites, where they used to, I'm at this, where they would burn their children alive in the glowing arms of this statue and sacrifice these children, then eat them. Just thought I'd mention it. Solomon. He did the same thing for all of his foreign wives who burned incense and offered sacrifices to their gods. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the god of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Now, this is Solomon. He asked for wisdom, 
but he couldn't deal with the fact he was being dragged astray. Now, the reason I'm saying all of this is not to be preaching. Yeah, it is to be preaching. Doggone, I am preaching this morning a little bit about this. Don't allow yourself to get dragged into the ditch with other people's values and beliefs and say it's okay. It's not okay. Now, if they want to do that, the privacy of their own home, it's still not okay. But as long as it's not affecting you and your children, whatever. Let's go back to the pornography in the textbooks with the perverted images of people having sex and oral sex and anal sex and all the other stuff that's in these textbooks. Oh, yes, all that, all that too. Who are, who are the publishers? Oh, that would be BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. Oh, that's right. And, 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 the, and these are not Christian publishers. I'm just going to leave it at that. And they've been, they've been the ones that have been controlling the publishing houses for 100 years in the United States. And they bought and acquired, bought and acquired, bought and acquired, bought and acquired. I remember when I came out with my book, Maximum Energy. This is 25 years ago now. I remember one of the reps for the, manuf- for the publisher that I use, the Christian publisher. They couldn't get their Christian books into the secular bookstores. And I went on with this book, and I was on with Neil Borch. And they got it into the bookstores because there, we sold so many copies of it with Neil Borch out of Atlanta, who's a very, very staunch conservative. And his name was Mike. I won't give you his last name. He thanked me for the fact that I was able to get him and this publisher into the Christian book, from the Christian bookstores into the secular market with other titles because of the push that I had with this huge show that I did. I think it sold 50,000, 60,000 books in bookstores you know, over a period of just a few weeks because I was on with this big show. And they had to order the books and get them in inventory. But the reality was is that these secular book publishers, they don't want the Christian message to get out because they're Kabbalist controlled. Just let you know that. The Kabbalist controlled. And their Kabbalist controls are the same thing that happened with Solomon here. I just read to you in Kings. They serve other gods. And, and humans can do that too. And it doesn't have to be a, a god of, of, of metal. It doesn't have to be a Buddha statue in the backyard. It can be – gosh, don't get mad at me, guys. Don't, don't fuss at me right now. It can be anything that you prioritize above God, which becomes an idol in your life. Now, I remember Dr. Phil, which I don't listen to. I don't listen to Dr. Phil. But I remember one time he had a segment. He had a husband and wife on there. I mentioned this a few weeks ago. And he was, they had their marriage was a mess. And he asked the wife, what's the most important thing to you in your life? And she goes, my kids. And he goes, wrong answer. The most important thing for you in your life either means if you're a Christian is to be God or your husband if you want this marriage to work. And I see this happen all of the time in marriages. Because, you know, I was in the office for many years. I saw thousands of patients. I talked to so many people about so many other crazy things besides their health. They always want to talk to me about everything, which is okay. I didn't mind. But the reality was people make their wives or their husbands their God. They make their dogs, their pets, their cats, you know, their horses their gods. Uh, they make other things in their life their gods as idols, and then they worship these things, maybe not bowing down and worshiping them, I'm not mentioning, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about they take priority over everything else in their lives. And I've seen it over, and I've, I've stepped on some toes right now. I can feel it. Don't get mad at me. It's not supposed to be that way. The most important thing in your life has to be your relationship with God Almighty, period. Then if you're married, it's going to be your husband or your wife, not your pets, not your Buddha statues, not your idols, not your bowling, not your – Bridge club and all the other stuff, not your tennis club and all the other things that people get involved in to occupy their time, which become the primary focus of their lives. It can't even be your career. It can't be any of that stuff. It has to be God and your spouse if you want a good marriage. 
people are always asking me, how in the world do you and Sharon have such a great marriage for 38 years? It was the priorities. You know, if we, we you know, we had, we had, a, we had a big Alaska Malamute for years. We had two of them. One of the, the, the female ended up killing the male. It was a big disaster. We ended up getting rid of all the dogs because I, I couldn't deal with it. And Sharon was in agreement with me. We weren't going to make these dogs. And more important than having our children, having our children get hurt by these giant wolf-like animals that we had in the house and they were outside. We decided it wasn't okay to do that. They weren't our gods. They weren't our idols. Yeah, the same thing is true with habits. You know, if, if you've got a tendency to go out and want to go drink with your buddies or drink with your girlfriends and all the other stuff all the time, booze it up, booze it up, booze it up, uh, maybe that's going to become an idol to you. Maybe that's going to be something that you're going to want to do all the time. It's going to take priority over spending time with your spouse or your family. That's what I'm talking about here. Solomon did it with foreign gods. He was actually sacrificing children to these gods and for these wives that he was involved in. Don't allow your spouse to drag you into a ditch that you start compromising your values and your belief in the Most High God. Now, I'm not telling you to run out and get divorced and all that kind of stuff if your husband doesn't want to go to church with you. Don't do that or your wife doesn't want to go to church with you. What I'm saying is continue to pray for them, continue to prioritize them, and talk to them about what I just talked to you about because I've seen it happen so Many times, guys, when people make idols out of things in their lives, money can be an idol. Your job can be an idol. Your career can be an idol. You can't do that. I pray for you guys this morning. I, I pray for you guys all of the time. I, I try to pray for you guys every day, and sometimes I, I just don't get it done, to be honest with you. I, I, but 99% of the time I do. But, but the reality is, is that that has to be the priority in your life, your relationship with God Almighty, then your spouse. And we used to say to the kids all the time when they were little – you know, you're not going to come in here because the kids always try to divide the, the mom and the dad. They always try to play each other off against each other. And Sharon and I agreed for, for decades that it was never going to happen. And we didn't allow it. And we say, no, you're not going to do that. We're not going to allow you to come in and divide our marriage because you're going to be gone. You're going to have your own family. And we're going to be here, you know, basically without you kids anyhow. So we're going to make sure we maintain the relationship. Very, very important that we all understand that because it's so important. Also, you need to realize who those book publishers are and, and who they are and what, and what they really believe. And, and, you know, and I want to ask another question here with this, with this thing with the women. What in the world is going on with the women in America? I know we got Christy out there that she's working. Atlanta's out there working and trying to maintain women's rights. And I'm talking and I'm not talking about women's rights like, you know, liberal stuff as far as the lesbian rights and all the other weird crap that you know some of these weirdos are into. I'm talking about a woman being a woman, being the mother of her household, being the mother of her children and having the right to compete with other women if they're in sports and not compete against men. But again, this goes back to the foreign god stuff. It goes back to the hermaphroditic agenda of Einsof, the god of the Kabbalah, because these Kabbalist guys who are running these printing houses and who are running the TV shows and who are running the media, they all believe that their god is a snake in a tree that's dual sex, male and female, and they want all of us to be dual sex because that makes us closer expressions to God to pervert the entire world of what we have right now. That's what the Women's Liberation was for. That's why they started all that stuff with Gloria Steinem, that sick pervert brought to us by the CIA and the Frankfurt School back in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. All of this stuff was done to get us to where we are right now, where you turn on the TV and you're in the outer limits. You turn on the TV, now you're in the twilight zone, and you're like, what the heck just happened? So we have people saying, oh, it's okay to be in swinger clubs. It's all right. I, I was speaking to a lady the other day, and she went to some party in her neighborhood, and she had her husband with her, and some guy – grabbed her and sat her on his lap to try to flirt with her. And my response was, I would have knocked his head off had that been my wife. She says, oh, no. I said, was your husband there? Oh, yeah. And she goes, why? I said, what did your husband say? Well, he, he just said he was happy I didn't respond to you know, his advances. And I'm like, 
What? That's not okay. Men, where is your testicular fortitude? Women, why didn't you slap the holy living out of this guy when he grabbed you? What is up? Why do we have to try to accept perversion in every area of our life? And why would you go to a party like that to start with? And for heaven's sakes, if, would you ever go back to a party like that again? So this is the problem that we have, Austin, is this complete and total inversion and perversion of our society, which has caused the conversion of Christians to accept the filth because they've justified it because political correctness said they had to. It's not okay. None of this is okay. And now we have women's athletics destroyed. So the question is, again, Anna and Christy are alpha females. They're fighting for this. The NAACP or whatever they are or the NAAC or whoever the people are Catholic, they call it College Athletic Association, whatever they are, whatever their acronym is. Are they really, really just going to allow this to happen and continue to happen and destroy women's sports because they're trying to be politically correct? Because they're so afraid of standing up with testicular fortitude or ovarian fortitude and say no, no, and no. And how about no, we're not doing that either. And then Biden puts a man in as woman of the year. Yes, it's about religion. It's about perversion. It's about worshiping their gods, just like it did in Kings when I read that with you with Solomon. The fallen angels, this angel war stuff has been going on for 50,000 years. And we need to realize it ain't going away. And it's all about us standing up for our beliefs in Jesus Christ as the Lord of Lords, our King of Kings, our God of Gods, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. That's who runs the world. That's who runs the universe in the overall sense of it. But we got this crap going on all the time down here on this planet because these fallen angels are still running around doing their mischief and contaminating the human genome. It's not okay. It's a religious thing. I had a guest on a few weeks ago. He's always thought a religious thing. I'm not talking about Satanism. I'm talking about evil. No, it is about Satanism. Now, they don't call it Satanism. It's from the Zohar. It's from the Kabbalah. It's, it's, it's the, it, but it's the same thing. It's the worship of a foreign god. And this is what the world has done. They've bent their knee to Baal. Well, I'm here to tell you something, friends. I will never bend my knee to Baal or Moloch or Asherah or this I will only bend my knee to the Lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ and the great I am and the God of the Bible, Abraham, Isaac. I will only, only, only worship my God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. I will never bow my knee to Baal. I don't care what they do. It doesn't make a difference. We do not have to put up with it. We do not have to put up with the perversion. We don't have to do any of that stuff. We have to say no and put on the full armor of God and realize that he is the alpha. He is the omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. And he knows how the story ends. It is finished on the cross. He told you that. He shed his blood as an omnipresent being to continually restore your DNA and bring you back to the Father. That's what we have in Christ. But we want to sit here and go happy holidays and let somebody grab our wives and put them on his lap and try to seduce her in front of us and it's okay. I remember I had a guy on a ship one time. He was the first officer on the ship. And we were on our honeymoon, me and Sharon. This is, you know, 38 years ago, 38 and a half years ago. And this guy was like, he loved hugging the women on the ship, the, uh, the people that were there. He, 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 he touched my wife, wanted to hug her twice. Third time I grabbed his arm and I said, you touch my wife again, I'm going to knock your head off. And he looked at me, he's a big guy, he's bigger than me. And he goes, what are, you, what are you talking about? I said, don't touch my wife. You don't put your hands on another man's wife. You don't ever do that. You may shake her hand if she wants you to shake her hand. That's it. You leave her alone. You don't touch her. And he looked at me and goes, what, what, what are you? And I said, dude, you've done this twice. You don't touch my wife again. I'm going to your captain. I will knock your head off if you touch my wife again. 
And he looked at me and goes, dude, you need to calm down. I said, no, I'm not going to calm down. And the people around me started applauding. They started applauding because I stood up to this bully, this weirdo. And these big guys, like six foot four. So this ain't happening on me of my watch. You don't touch my wife. See, where are the men that do that? Where are the men that protect their wives? I'm asking that question. Where are the women that protect their husbands and say, leave my husband alone. You don't touch my husband. Leave my husband alone. Have we got ourselves that perverted now in our society that all of this stuff is okay with us, including having graphic pornography in textbooks and these lesbian women and these transgender women and these transgender guys who all want to play this perverted game? Say we have to leave this in this textbook because this is saying don't say gay and has nothing to do with being gay. It's teaching perversion to our children, but we're going to stand here and allow it to happen. The answer is no. We died to sin. How can we live it anymore? By all means, we're supposed to not sin and be involved in this stuff. But the reality is, is that we haven't stood up any longer. Hunter Biden's laptop is a perversion. Nothing happened. And you know why I know nothing's ever going to happen to him with this? Because the Kabbalist Luciferian set controls our government through Jeffrey Epstein. Because nothing ever happened to Hillary Clinton. Newsflash. Look what happened to him in Benghazi and all the rest of it. Nothing ever happened to Hillary Clinton. They've got a trail of bodies 100 deep now behind them. Nothing ever happened happens after Vince Foster, nothing ever happened because the United States had a coup d'etat, a full coup d'etat with the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And this last election that put Biden into the office, it was the continuation and the final nail in the coffin of the coup d'etat of the United States of America showing us that our elections don't matter anymore. They'll put in whoever they want to put in. That's what it is. That's where we find ourselves because we decided to say happy holidays. Like, what, what do you mean by that? Think through what I just said. We started off with little by little by little by little. The Bible says that this little foxes spoil the vines. We allowed them to come in. A little bit of leaven works its way through the whole loaf. We've allowed these people to come into our lives and to destroy us, to destroy us, to destroy our culture, to destroy our families, to destroy everything for the sake of political correctness. We don't even have the army of Russia in Ukraine right now. I told you that yesterday. This whole thing is political theater. There's some stuff going on over there. This is all a big money laundering scam. We it's just it's the movie. Watch the movie. Wag the dog. That's all it is. They can do anything they want to do, say whatever they want to do, put it in the media. And the Americana, the Americans, are so incredibly gullible because they have no emotional quotient and IQ scores anymore because they've been dumbed down so badly with fluoride and tricyclic antidepressants and serotonin reuptake inhibitors. They believe everything. Or they'll say, oh, I don't want to hear any more about that. It's too negative. You're darn right it's negative. It's negative because we've left serving the Most High God. We've allowed them to creep into our school systems through the Frankfurt School. We've allowed them to creep in and teach their perversion and filth to our children at a younger and younger age until now we're this. And we don't even realize that within 5 to 10 to 20 years when these children are older, they don't care if they're a tranny. They'll pretend like they're a tranny. They won't care about trannies because it was normalized to them, these textbooks. It was normal. And you'll never be able to erase it. This is the degradation of the culture of a once God-serving country to bring us into the hands of the Kabbalist Luciferian synagogue of Satan's sect to bring in an antichrist. That's what this is. And the problem is, how many of the talk shows do you ever listen to that tell you what I just told you? Honestly, what, how many? Just why don't you listen to me? Just go ahead and send me an email. You got my email. Ask Dr. Ted B at Dr. Ted, ask Dr. Ted B at Yahoo.com. Send me a list of these other talk shows that have told you what I just told you. And, that, and that's the problem. Nobody wants to think through what the root cause of this is. The root cause goes right back to Solomon. It's sin and the serving of other gods, period. And making other things in your life God, whatever they are. 
and not realizing that your relationship with the Most High God is the most important thing in your life. It will always be the most important thing in your life. And if we don't have that relationship with God Almighty, first and foremost, our lives will never be filled because we will not have the infilling of the Holy Spirit, which will bring us righteousness, peace, and joy. But we'll always be seeking happiness through happenings and other things in our life to try to bring us peace because we're always in turmoil. Guys, don't allow your life to be like that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. And stay with that kingdom. Stay with God. Stay with Jesus. For he is the author. He is the finisher. He is the perfecter of our faith. And we can do all things through Christ, including stand with the armor of God. And that's what we've got to do. So when I hear these stories, and I cover them, and I see people getting caught up in these different teachings and these weird things they get involved with and getting themselves shot at a traffic stop and and, you know, in the, the perversion of the cookbooks and I not cookbooks, the, the, the textbooks. And I start seeing this stuff and I just sit back and I just shake my head and I go, my gosh, my God. No wonder that God has God has forsaken this country. No wonder we're such a mess financially. No wonder we're such a just such a mess morally because we've allowed the devil through the Kabbalist, Luciferian sect of the synagogue of Satan to come in and creep in and control our textbooks, control our media, control our politics through Jeffrey Epstein and Mossad and tell Everybody's a lie, like we talked about yesterday with William Casey, that everything's a lie. And then they'll know they've done their job with the CIA. This is insanity, Austin. And I, I got on a rant. Hope you enjoyed the rant. <laughs> That's how I feel. What do you think, Austin? What's your next story? <laughs> no, you're, you're spot on with it, man. You can't, I mean, you can't make it much clearer than that. I mean, you, you pretty much nailed it right on the head and threw it right out on the table for everybody to see. And this is exactly why we've constantly brought this up is you can't sit back as a patriot, as an American, as a Christian, you can't sit back and pretend that this isn't happening anymore. We had that luxury. Not going to lie. A lot of us had that luxury. We had the good times when we thought Trump got in, we thought he was going to change everything and everybody did. Everybody kind of sat back, jumped back out on the couch and went, ah, we got somebody in the white house. That's going to make big changes. He's going to do all this stuff. Look at what he's talked about. It's 2016. He's going to do all this stuff. And it pacified the Patriots. It did. I'm, I'll be the first one to admit, even myself. I was like, yeah, all right. This dude's working it. We don't have to worry about much anymore. He's going he's gonna to make America great again. And then we all started to realize the ugly truth. After, about, after the first two years, a lot of stuff was not happening. A lot of stuff was happening we didn't want. A lot of stuff continued to escalate that we didn't ask for. And all of a sudden, people started to get more and more realization that the entire thing was becoming a sham, and they were controlling everything that he was going to do until the very end when it just became a fiasco. I mean, look at the video footage that we're continually seeing from January 6th, and a lot of this is continual theater to play one side against the other. But just look at this, guys, from what everybody was lied to, <laughs> lied to. With the January 6th investigation, with the, the team that was going in, this whole entire panel that was put forth, and the continual, continual lies and manipulation about everything that they said. There's a video that just showed up that somebody sent me, and it was on, uh, I think, American Patriot. Never even seen this video before. There's a guy, all black, ski mask on, or uh, a half mask on, like the um, uh, one you pull up over your nose like when you're fishing has comms in his ear, has a radio on almost – it almost looks like it's like a chest rig. It doesn't have plates in it. It's like a chest rig, though, with with comms in it and gear, full black head-to-toe with military-style boots on. You could tell 
He's a Fed boy. I mean, you can smell Fed through the phone video when you look at him. And he's breaking glass out of one of the windows in the Capitol. This guy's recording him. And he goes, dude, what are you doing? He goes, we don't, we don't need to be breaking this. And all of a sudden, as soon as this Fed boy realizes he's on camera, he drops the glass and steps back. He goes, what? what do you, why are you recording me? Why are you recording me, man? And this other patriot walks up and steps in front of him and said, dude, don't be breaking the glass out. He goes, we're not vandalizing. He's flying suits. We're not vandalizing stuff here, man. The Fed boy pushed him, shoves it back. Says, you broke that glass, bro. You're the one that broke that. And the guy looks at him and goes, what are you talking about? I didn't break anything. You're the one breaking it. Dude, the Fed boy steps all bows up. You can tell. You can tell he's an FBI Fed boy by his posture. He postured him. What are you talking about, dude? You're the one that broke that. Don't talk to me like that. Just arrogant, arrogant FBI Fed boy. And finally, the guy, the one guy that called him out, steps back and goes, "Dude, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting in a fight with you, bro. This is this is my fight." And turns around and walks off. And the video ends. And it's crazy to me how much injection of the feds were involved into January 6th. I personally am starting to think now, the more I see the videos, is that essentially any of the violence, vandalism, majority of anything that happened that was actually truly illegal was all feds. It was all feds. You may have a few bad actors that got you know a little wild, but I think majority of it was all feds. This isn't the first time. We already know the FBI has a history of hundreds, hundreds of different instances where they intentionally feed individuals weapons, guns, bombs, and then turn around and say, oh, we've busted the perpetrator. You know, he, he tried to buy surfaced air missiles from us, and we were going to give him $10,000 to shoot the surfaced air missiles off. But we busted him, though. You're like, dude, he's a homeless guy living on the street. What? Really? Because he just has direct access to surface air missiles on a regular basis. You know, he totally would have gotten those even if you didn't give them to him. Really? This is the joke that we've now seen in this country. The FBI needs to be completely and totally dismantled and rebuilt. It's, it's rogue. It is completely rogue right up there with ATF. ATF is by far right upside with the right hand is the hand, the force of the United States weapon trafficking scheme right there beside the CIA. ATF is the branch of the CIA that traffics weapons. You can read report after report after report, and there's stuff that I can't even talk about on this show because I can't get people in trouble of what they have been involved in in trafficking weapons globally, ATF globally with the CIA. These guys are as corrupt as it gets, and they're the same ones that turn around and go, um, by the way, you've got, a, you've got a stabilizer brace on your rifle. Um, that we, we deem that to be illegal now. Because we, we changed our mind. We changed our mind for 10 years. It's illegal now. You know, well, how is it illegal? It's because we said it was illegal. You don't ask questions, peasant. We tell you it's illegal, and you, you, you listen to us. You heal when we tell you to heal. How about anything that violates the Constitution of the Bill of Rights is null and void? How about that aspect? <laughs> topic to bring up. Whole another topic for a day. <laughs> but again, this is what we're constantly seeing. And I saw an article earlier here now that was crazy because – it, it, it never ends as far as what they're continually trying to do. The woke school district in Virginia is now the Fairfax County Public School, one of the largest school divisions in the entire United States, 198 schools serving 181,000 students. Parents now have been uprising because they essentially got an email notifying that all college prep programs would only be available to people that weren't white or Asian. 
Oh, yeah. They basically said, if you're white, if you're Asian, there's no support. There's no prep. There's no nothing. We offer you nothing. They get an email here. Do you have a schooling student who wants to go to college? And and do they fall under one or more of the categories? Students are the first in their family to attend college. Black or African-American students. Hispanic students of one or more race. Stu- students with disabilities or economically disadvantaged students. What can CPP offer you? And they actually had a parent that contacted them and said, hey, what's the deal with this? I'm, you know, my child, I've got a, a white child, my son, wants to go get college prep classes. I'm sorry, right now that program's not open for him. So you have a public school-funded college prep program that's only available to certain ethnicities. That's illegal. <laughs> that's already been deemed very, very clear on everything. So be very, very, very aware, my friends, on what they're continually trying to push, what they're talking about, and what they're trying to make normal. Continue to get the truth out there, my friends. If you need anything, healthmasters.com, the product of the week right now. Be sure to check it out, the vitamin C with antioxidants at healthmasters.com. Give us a call, 1-800-726-1834. Have a blessed, safe, awesome evening, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow on this show as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.